0: A cuppa and a good wag? The story has real life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: Foundations.
0: So in this particular chapter that you've just read, I find that so beautiful. They're saying, you know what? You're the source of all those things. We're not going to go after idols anymore because we've discovered that you are God, you're the be all and end all.
1: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Rob o. Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we began to see that God describes his relationship with Israel as that of a husband and wife. And it's not a one-off description. In this program, we're going to see another prophetic description of God as a husband and Israel as his wife.
0: Yeah, remember we went through Ezekiel 16, which is actually it is the most beautiful picture mm. of Israel. Israel as a nation being born, but personified in that of a person, of a woman, and how she was rejected by the whole world, and for all intents and purposes, she should have died. Mm. But God walked past and saw her and said, live, and then he looked after her, provided for her, and then when she was of age, he married her. It's just so beautiful. And then the chapter goes on to describe Every sin and failing and adulterous, faithless act that Israel embarked on. And when we say adulterous and faithless, we're talking about joining with other nations round about and participating in their paganism, Mm. seeking them to be her source of a security and protection and provision instead of going to her husband, who God, mm. who'd promised all those things and all the blessing and all the benefit that God had poured out on her and then squandering it all with these um, foreign relationships where she just ended up corrupting herself. And mm. that's when God said, you're a faithless wife. You've harloted yourself.
1: Yeah. And he had every reason and every uh, excuse to divorce her, but yeah. he chose not to.
0: He chose not to because it's more important to God to honor his word and his promises. And when he says eternal covenant, he means eternal covenant. Mm. So that's what we learned in Ezekiel 16, how God bound himself to Israel the way a man binds himself to his wife. And it's an, a really important picture that we, we get. We, we can't go mucking around with the definition of marriage mm. because it breaks this picture. It breaks this this incredible unity, this union in relationship that God has presented of himself with his people. And then we mentioned too just briefly about the book of Hosea. Now that's a really interesting um, story. The, the Basically the gist of that story is a prophet, Prophet Hosea, and God says to him, I want you to go and marry a woman who happens to be a prostitute, and her name was Goma. And even though she was unfaithful to him and kept going back to her harlotry, he said, you know, you go and bring her back again. Welcome her back again. Forgive her again. Love her again. And she was being unfaithful all the time. And in the end, the image that you see, could you imagine the torment that Hosea must have been going through? And that's an awfully big ask of, of God for one of his servants. Yeah. And yet the, the picture that God was wanting to present through that relationship, that human relationship where there's faithlessness in a marriage, and God was saying, what you're feeling, how what you're going through, that's how I feel about my wife Israel, who keeps being unfaithful to me. And he goes through this process of saying, oh, I, I'm going to divorce you and you're a people and now you're not going to be my people anymore. And hes you're right when you said he's justified in divorcing her. But at the end, like in so many other prophetic books, God says, no, I'm going to welcome her back. And and that's actually the last chapter of Hosea. And it's actually a really beautiful chapter. Yeah,
1: well, it's worth reading out because it is a, a beautiful picture. Uh, Hosea 14 says, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously that we may present the fruit of our lips. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses, nor will we say again, our God, to the work of our hands. For in you, the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely for my anger has turned away from them. I will be like the Jew to Israel. He will blossom like the lily and he will take root like the cedars of Lebanon. His shoots will sprout and his beauty will be like the olive tree and his fragrance like the cedars of Lebanon. Those who live in his shadow will again raise grain and they will blossom like the vine. His renown will be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what more have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am a luxuriant cypress. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right and the righteous will walk in them but transgressors will stumble in them.
0: It's a, such a beautiful picture. Again, the, the Israelite people harloted themselves with the, 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 the peoples around about them wanting those people to give them security and, and safety and prosperity. And yet... God had already given them those things. And so in this particular chapter that you've just read, I find that so beautiful. They're saying, you know what? You're the source of all those things. We're not going to go after idols anymore because we've discovered that you are, well, God, you're the be-all and end-all. You're the husband. You're the provider. You're the security. I just think that is just the most beautiful chapter, Hosea 14. And all the previous chapters before that, you're kind of going, oh, where's the hope? Mm. You know, that was how desperately heartbroken God was to describe himself as a faithful man whose wife was prostituting herself. And Mm. you can understand, especially if you're a married person, just how devastating that that would be. That's how God feels when we're unfaithful to him. But there's lots of other places too in Scripture that actually we see Israel being compared to an adulteress and an adulterous wife. That's in uh, Jeremiah 3.8. It says, "...when I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but went and played the harlot also." So God referring to His people as harlots and unfaithful adulteresses. Jeremiah three fourteen. Return, O backsliding children, say to the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. This is about the restoration of the land. This is yet another unconditional eternal covenant that God's going to fulfil, despite of their faithlessness. Jeremiah thirty one thirty one to thirty three. This is about the new covenant. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. And I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel And with the house of Judah Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers In the day that I took them by the hand To lead them out of the land of Egypt My covenant which they broke Though I was a husband to them Says the Lord But this is the covenant that I will make With the house of Israel after those days Says the Lord And he goes on Now God was absolutely justified In divorcing Mm. Israel Absolutely Yet his word, his promise and his covenants say something about his nature and his character. If he can turn his back on his promises because of the faithlessness of human beings then really he's not God because he can't keep his covenants. Mm,
1: That's right. And we've got nothing to hope in if that's the case, isn't there?
0: Exactly. And and this is something that we need to understand as believers because there's a thing called replacement theology that we might actually look at one time in foundations that basically says that God's done away with Israel. She broke the covenant, so therefore it's all over and done and dusted Mm. for her. And now they all belong to us. The thing is, if God can break his eternal, unconditional covenants with Israel, he can break his promises to us also. That's right. Because it says something that he, about his nature and character being flawed and frail or in, insufficient, and that means he's not God. Mm. But we're just going to finish very quickly. We talked about this woman once before, the woman mentioned in the book of Revelation. So we've look, been looking very closely at the relationship between God and Israel. We're going to continue, but we're going to look at, the woman in Revelation 12. We talked about her before This woman in That's seen in the heavens And she's clothed with the sun She's got the moon under her feet And there is a crown of 12 stars on her head She's pregnant She's in labour And before her Before she's given birth There is a great dragon It's called Satan And he's right before her Waiting for this child to be born And he wants to devour and destroy this child
1: So this is where we're going to pick up In our next program of Foundations we look at who this woman is what the identity of her son is and her relationship with God and how it all relates to God's relationship with humankind in general. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations.